Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. So good to have you here with us for another awesome episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. Now, one of the best parts of TSL is working with our students. Like day in, day out, we've literally helped thousands of students to build and grow their speaking business and to share their message with the world. And I am thrilled that you have the opportunity to hear from some of them during our monthly student highlight series. Because one of the things you're going to find is their stories are going to offer really insight and, and hope no matter where you are in your speaking career. We're going to talk about exactly what they've done, how they've built their business and some of the results that they're seeing. And so for this series, we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to hand the mic to one of our coaches who are in the trenches every single day, helping our students to gain the confidence, the clarity, and that clear path that they need to their very own speaking success. I know you're going to love hearing from and learning from these students. So uh, let's get right into it. Enjoy. Hey everyone, Mary Alice Goldsmith here, Director of Student Success for the Speaker Lab. And today I'm so excited to take over the Speaker Lab podcast. It's a true honor to have the opportunity to introduce to you some of our amazing and incredible students. And today I promise I have a great one for you. I love sharing their experiences because I know you're going to be inspired by their perseverance and success. So today, can I get a drum roll? I have not just Ravi Rajani with me, but the Ravi Rajani with me. I am so excited to have you on the podcast. How are you? I, I say it every time. I love the way you say my name. I feel, <laughs> it's like Ravi Rajani. It's so beautiful. Ravi Wait, yeah, exactly. It sounds like like a ring announcer. It's very exotic. I mean, it's I a like great it. name. Your parents nailed it. It's a great name. I hope, sure. I, I hope the world thinks so. It means, I always used to wonder, I was like, mom, what does Ravi mean? She was like, it's the sun. That's why, you know, you, you're always smiling, shining. I was like, all right, okay, cool. I'll, oh, get out of here. So that's what that, that means, the sun. Apparently so. I don't know if she fed me a lie, but yeah, apparently so. It's the sun. I mean, she's spot on. You are a ray of sunshine. I like to think so. And here you we are. are. You are. Yeah. You're representing the brand name your parents gave you. I love it. Exactly. Exactly. That is awesome. So we have to ask, you know, why speaking? What what made you say like the course of your life? You're like, you know what? I'm going to speak. What what like what that what stirred that up? It's my mom's fault. <laughs> See, I, I blame it all on my mom because she Miyagi'd me. She, oh. I call it, I call it miyagi And if you are listening to this right now and you're like, what's he on about? You need to watch the Karate Kid. If you're not a Karate Kid fan, then oh, we can't be friends. But so is it, it like was... wash on, wash off for exactly okay. wax okay. on, wax off? Where wax on. <laughs> Mr. Miyagi was secretly teaching Daniel's son lessons about life and things that he didn't know he was learning whilst doing a mundane task. So I take it back to when I was eight years old. 
And my mum literally shoved me into the same dance school as my little sister. And Mary Alice, on the face of it, I was really embarrassed because I was like the only dude in school in a dance class. And it was like this dirty little secret that I didn't want anyone to know. I mean, it got out in the end. That's another story. But um, she Miyagi me because what I'd actually learned was stage presence and mm. performing and confidence and being able to convey a message using body language. And eventually she let me quit. And then I stumbled into theatre as a teen. No acting experience whatsoever. I didn't do drama at school, but my best friend's dad was a playwright. And he was like, yo, do you want to be in this play? And I was like, all right, cool. One play led to another, which led to another. And everyone was like, Rav, are you going to take this whole speaking, presenting or acting thing seriously? Because we think you're pretty good at it. And I was like, no. <laughs> like my ego was like, you need to go and make some money, man. So mm. I ended up in corporate sales in investment banking over at Citibank where I worked on the trading floor. And that's when I was delivering pitches, presentations every single day, really, when speaking to clients. And I see so many similarities between the world of sales and speaking. And I would say I could give you the full spiel of the story as to what happened there. But I'd say that's where a lot of a lot of things really began for me. Yeah, that's that's so interesting because we we talk about stagecraft a lot and um, it's not natural for a lot of people. It, it, it's mm. something that really does have to be taught for some people and the skill of stagecraft. But your mom did you good by uh, by doing that. Huh? That's amazing. Totally. It was totally. like by design. Very by cool. It. Exactly. She she says, no, you were seven years old. No, you were nine years old. We went in the middle and said I was about eight. But um, yeah, I've got <laughs> I've got some home videos that are on the old school camcorder that I need to g- actually have a look at. I haven't I don't think I've ever seen them. But um, yeah, they didn't have an iPhone back then. So it's not easily accessible. Oh, yeah. They had the heavy duty camcorders. Trust me, they were shoulder breakers. Hell yeah. Um, that's awesome. I love that. I love that your mom you know, pushed you her motherly instincts. She knew, she knew that you were, you were meant to shine as her (laughs) S-U-N, Robbie the sun. I love it. Um, So, all right. So you went from corporate investment banking to then what? I mean, what, you went from dancing to theater to corporate investment banking. What is happening here? What was the next move? Yeah. Well, it was funny. So I left corporate in August 2016 because I had what I would now describe in hindsight as the gold medal effect or gold medal syndrome, where I'd wanted this specific thing for so long. You know, since I was about 18, I was like, I want to work on the trading floor. I'd probably watched the movie Wall Street too many times. And I just obsessed about being able to rock up in a suit, daddy, work on a busy trading floor, do these big deals. And I got there. And it was everything that I'd always wanted. And I was like, within about a year, I secretly, even, yeah, about eight months to a year, I was like, oh, is this it? But I was like, no, no, shut up, Rav. Like, this is what you've always wanted, bro, chill. Mm. But within a couple of years, I ended up leaving because I fell out of alignment. You know, met some amazing people there, but internally I felt out of alignment. And that's when I started leading sales teams and building out sales teams in the world of early stage startups. I did TV uh, over here in the UK. I did radio. I had a personal finance blog where I was helping millennials save with money. I was 
also um, that I developed a coaching offer around career coaching to help people also transition into their careers. And then I started leading this sales team full time to get to a series eight. Like I was doing so many different things, but I'll describe it like a portfolio career. Mm-hmm. And then in the middle of the pandemic, uh, September, August, 2020, I quit my full-time job. Mm-hmm. And I launched my business from scratch in September 2020. But a lot of people would say, man, wasn't it risky launching your company in the middle of a pandemic? I would say it was probably one of the best times ever to do so because there were more eyeballs than ever before on platforms like LinkedIn. And that's where I started building my audience and community around six months before I left. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to unpack, unpack there because I, I want to really hone in on something you know, one of the things that our students come to us and they're like, I I wish I did this sooner or like, I regret waiting so long. Um, but you seem like you have such great intuition and insight into what your next best move would be, but even more powerful is this ability to give yourself permission to go for it. Where where do you get that from? What is that? That that's powerful. I mean, I wouldn't say I've always had it, if I'm honest. Like, for example, I knew I wanted to leave investment banking and corporate for a while, but I couldn't tear myself away from what would it look like to others? I've wanted this my entire life. Maybe I should be more grateful for what I have. Like, it took me a long time to leave that environment. But to leave the world of early stage startups and really go at it on my own, I just had got to this point where, I know it sounds really cringy or cheesy, but Mm -hmm. it was it just felt, I just felt in deep alignment that now if I'm not, if I'm going to do it, like there's never been a better time than now. Like sometimes you can say, Oh, you know, like we were getting married the next year, you know, we were doing all these different things, but I just had this deep intuition that my time was now. And when I launched in September, 2020 from scratch, it was one of the most, it's been the most exciting difficult, rewarding experiences of my life. But I, it's something you and I have spoken about is it's very easy to look at somebody else's story and feel that it's linear mm-hmm. and feel like your story in life should also be linear. For example, when I left in August, 2016 in the world of banking, I was doing several things. I had a portfolio career, you know, I was launching this coaching program and then I was doing TV and radio. I was like, ah, I don't want to help people with personal finance. I want to do this. Like I was testing, I was giving myself the permission to do different things. And I Mm -hmm. just feel like it all came to that point where I felt like every single moment in my life had secretly been preparing me for that moment to go out there and do my own thing. And I, I just felt in my core, it was the right time. I can't explain it otherwise, other than like, this was, it was the right time. The stars were aligned in every sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, um, people who are on the cusp or some of, of something great or something different or something next level, you know, um, there is a feeling to it. There is this like intuitive, like, yeah, it, it is time. Like we, we need to get going here. And then other people aren't so sure. And I think it's okay not to, to jump, you know, it's okay to dream a little bit more and, and watch that picture come to fruition. It doesn't have to be tomorrow. Um, but when the timing is right and you, you really, like you say, all the stars are aligned and, and you really feel like it's your time, like you gotta go for it. You gotta go for it for sure. Okay. So 
dancing, theater, investment banking, sales, like this all led to what you speak about. So share with us um, what you speak about and what, well, let's start there. What, what is your speaking topic? Yes, I speak to B2B SaaS sales teams in primarily North America and teach them how to sell more with storytelling. So Mm -hmm. in a very punchy and succinct way, that's what I do and that's who I speak to. Yeah, I love how that, you hear that people? Very punchy and succinct. That's what we like. That's what we do at the Speaker Lab. (laughs) So what made you come to the Speaker Lab? It's funny. I spoke to Ron. Ron was one of the enrollment advisors who took me on. Uh, we, I had, a, I had a call with him first and I forgot that I had a call with him first. And then I joined like months later, but I had a call with him in March, 2021. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm learning yeah, no, I forgot completely. He reminded me today. He's <laughs> like, yo, you know, I had a chat with you in March, 2021. I was like, oh yeah. Um, and I remember at the time I had seen different stuff that Grant was doing. I had like probably, I, I don't quote me on this, but I feel like I'd seen Grant stuff years before. Like maybe I'd listened to a podcast and it was just like, I just remember, I always used to check in now and again. I was like, oh, this speaker lab thing. Like, what are they? Oh yeah, this, this is cool. This is cool. But in March 2021, I was ready to make my next investment in myself. So I see things as like seasons where I go through periods where I invest in myself in different areas of my life where I need to level up. I remember I contacted the speaker lab and then I was also speaking with another company and um, it wasn't necessarily about speaking, but it was consulting. But what I do speaking, coaching, consulting, it was all very similar in the sense of how I was going to structure my company and business. Mm -hmm. And at that time I didn't end up going forward with speaker lab in March, 2021. I ended up moving forward with the other company at that time, had an amazing experience with them. It was awesome. Loved it. And then September came and I knew that in-person was starting to come back. We were starting to ease from lockdown. I had such a high from my wedding speech that I gave. I remember <laughs> I, told, I told my wife, I was like, man, that was so much fun. And I was like, you know what? Now, what'd you really tell her? I was so damn good. <laughs> yeah. I was like, how was I? I even forgot to talk about her for most of it. But um, <laughs> um, but. Yeah, I remember it was like September-ish time or October. I think it was October I joined, but I spoke to Ron again in September. And I and I said to Ron before, I was like, man, I want to do it. But transparently, I'm going to move forward with this um, other company at this time. And it just felt great. And I was like, I told you I wanted to do it. And I'm genuinely back. You know, when people say, I'll come back to you and yeah. you never hear from me again. I was like, bro, I'm actually coming back. Like real talk, I am coming back. And I did. And here we are. Yeah, that's awesome. For your peers, right? Because you were a student and there's a lot of students who listen to the Student Highlight Podcast because they want to get the nuggets from people who are doing what they're doing. What was your main goal? Like you had been doing some speaking, you have this business, you've had great success. What made you say, you know what, this, if I join the speaker lab, it's going to help me with X, Y, and Z. So I'll be honest, I can't actually remember other than I had it in my mind for, you know, when you, you know, okay. Imagine you say you want a chocolate bar. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I really want this dairy milk. And you go to the shops and there's no dairy milk, but there's a Twix. You're like, fine, I'll have the Twix or yeah, that satisfied me. But then you're always thinking about the dairy milk. Speaker Lab was my dairy milk, right? (laughs) So I was like, it was always in the back of my mind where I was like, you know what? That is an investment. 100% I'm going to make at some time because I believe in collapsing time, meaning I can go at it alone. Yeah. 
anybody can, anybody can guide it alone. There's tons of YouTube videos out there, X, Y, Z. But if you want to go fast, the quickest way for me is, and what I tell my clients is move forward with somebody who has a unique method that generates results. You buy into their story and also their values. And it feels in alignment for you. It feels good. Not from a place of it feels you feel ready. Cause when do you ever feel ready to hand over your credit card and give X like, right. You know, it, it's, it's like you, you, are you gonna, are you gonna sit there and try on your own and get there? But could take you a few years longer because you could learn from somebody who's already made those ex- expensive mistakes. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to. So for me, it was about elevating myself personally. It was about looking at my blind spots professionally. And then it was also proximity of people like yourself, people like Grant, proximity. I'm a big believer in that. That's that, for me. It is one of the best way to build relationships. Some of the longest lasting relationships I have is because I've spent money on programs mm. and hung out with the community and I've gelled with people. I've had a guy <laughs> who came to my wedding who I had never met in person, but I was a part of a program in 2020 and I met him virtually in LA. We hit it <laughs> off. He came to my wedding. Like people are like, he could be a murderer. And I'm like, no, I, I'm telling you, he's not. Um, but this just shows you like, I really believe in the power of proximity and community. Yeah, I, I, I totally get that with you. You're a connector too. You, you have that strength of connecting people. I remember you and I speaking before you joined. And I, I remember you feeling a little conflicted about, well, maybe not conflicted is the word, but you were seeking clarity on, you know, is it associations? Is it entrepreneurs? Is it SaaS? Is it B2B? And, um, you know, you finding out that that's something that we help you with. We're going to help you define all of that. And I remember you being like, oh, all right. I like that. I like that thought. And the moment where you allowed yourself to get real specific in the lane of B2B SaaS, you went all in, everything just clicked for you, uh, in terms of the, the content, the language, the website, your demo reel, Uh, Talk about that a little bit more, especially to like students who are out there and like really resisting niching down. Um, What what kind of advice do you have to give? Yeah. And I'll give you a snapshot of where I was. So the best way to explain it was before I came to speaker lab, I was niched or niche. I was, you know, niched down on my skill set. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Tomato, tomato, potato, potato. So uh, I was, I was niched down in my skill set of storytelling, but I was helping. Yeah. B2B sales teams. Mm -hmm. I was working with other consultants. I was working with leaders and I had a program at the time, which was, um, I had a coaching program at the time I was speaking. There were, there were several things I was doing, but it was always rooted back to storytelling at that time. But the, the problem with that often comes is that if you give, you only have 100% of energy, 100 units of energy per day. Yeah. If you've got a few different things that you're working on, nothing ever receives 100 units of energy. And as a result, attention, focus, it all goes where your energy flows, really. So yeah. for me, when I spoke to you, the pulling factor was, was twofold, was that it wasn't messaging per se. It was dialing it in even further and positioning. So it was having somebody like you 
like you and I connected immediately. And I was like, yeah, I want to work with you. If I join, can you make sure I'm working with you? I remember I was like, can I make sure I'm working with you? Um, But it was the one-to-one element, point one. Not many programs offer one-to-one these days, right? They go straight in a group and sometimes- you're a number. Right? So the first thing was one-to-one. For me, I was sold on that. If you guys didn't have that, I probably wouldn't join. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, no, I get it. I I totally get that. So that was the first thing. And the second thing was, was going even deeper into your messaging. And I think- in December, 2021 to like start the new year, I repositioned my offerings, my keynotes, my demo, everything was pointing towards the same direction around that time. And it was, uh, yeah, man, it was, the rest is really history. So for me, if I'm speaking to somebody, going back to your question about somebody niching down, I would say the biggest thing I hear is people say, I help people i help so for example i help human beings overcome burnout let's just Mm -hmm. use that as an example um yeah and you know find their dream career if you're always speaking to people you're never making any one person truly feel seen heard and understood and that's the problem because you're speaking in a general sense you might be you might be niched down on that skill set which is great but speaking to one person Somebody once told me, what's the worst that can happen if you just niche down for six months and go all in on one person, then you can change. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like you, you, you are allowed to change. I feel like sometimes we think yeah. once we're stuck in one niche, we can never leave. And hey, if you become very well known, like Macaulay Culkin for Home Alone, he niched down in Home Alone. <laughs> now you can't see him as anything else. All right. So <laughs> but there's that worry of you being that like Home Alone. But the uh, problem is when he you know, got older and he wasn't as cute. Yeah. Then yeah. what? So, so you gotta stay cute. <laughs> yeah, you gotta yeah, so stay, stay cute. cute. <laughs> you gotta stay cute, right? And <laughs> you've also got to make sure that you get known for one specific thing, and then you can help the masses. And I think that's the key thing: is that your messaging doesn't have to be you forever. Mm. Um, you're allowed to evolve, and so so can your mission and purpose. Hey friends, do you know the five steps to book more gigs and get paid as a speaker? Well, if not, listen up because these same five steps that help me to grow a seven-figure speaking career are all laid out in great detail in my latest book, The Successful Speaker. Five steps for booking gigs, getting paid, and building your platform. Whether you want to speak as a side hustle or your dream is to become a full-time professional speaker, I know what it takes. I share all of that with you in this definitive step-by-step roadmap. Let me be your guide. Learn from my mistakes. Get paid what you know you're worth to share your unique message on stage. If you want to read the first chapter for free or just check out the book, go to thespeakerlab.com slash book. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash book. Check out your copy of The Successful Speaker. Yeah, I mean, there's that permission theme again with you. And it's like, give yourself permission to niche down and get really good in that niche. And then always, you know, I say this a lot, like you always want to give your business room to breathe, just like your website and your talks and your demo reel. We're going to change those a million times, but for today, if you just niche down and get known for that thing, you know, to your example, like I help people with overwhelm and burnout. If you just change that to, I help, CEOs with overwhelm and burnout and you get really good at helping them. Don't you think those CEOs are going to be like, I need you to help my directors and I need you to help. The directors are going to need you to help their managers and so on. So it will, it will evolve on its own, but you have to get really specific initially 
to be known for something. Um, and it gives, it gives the speaker clarity too. Like, don't you feel like the Ravi that was thinking about all the things, the courses and the consultings and the entrepreneurs and the B2B and the SaaS, don't you think he was a little bit more congested in terms of creative genius versus the Ravi who was like B2B SaaS? Yeah, I had I had a I had a high ticket program. I had keynotes I was doing. I was working with sales teams. I was doing workshops. I, I had my attention was always focused on storytelling, as I said. So yes, I was niched in my skill set. But when you speak to one specific person, everything directs more efficiently towards that. And I think the something to mention here, which is the question that I would ask if you're listening to this right now to yourself is, is are you in the right vehicle? Here's what I mean by that is say you have a goal of uh, achieving X thousand per year. Can people actually afford your desired fees? And do you enjoy serving them? Because here's the thing is you may go after a market, but then your goals of whatever revenue you want to hit, they can't get you there. And you're going to have to do a hundred thousand gigs to get you to your fees, or you could just work with five. Mm-hmm. So imagine how much energy you can give those people and how much more of an impactful experience they can have. So I would always think about like, are you in the right vehicle? And I'm not saying it's all about money, but are you in the right vehicle from a revenue standpoint and an impact standpoint? Yeah. I love, love, love that. Right. Because just because you're in this lane right now and, and you're doing the thing and you're getting paid X, Y, Z or Z, as you say, um, it doesn't mean you can't give yourself permission to actually go to the next lane that you, you truly enjoy. You know, like I always say to people, if I was to throw you on stage right now for 30 minutes, no preparation, no, no cards, no slides. What would you talk about for 30 minutes and not even blink an eye and really enjoy it? Like really have a great time doing it. When you answer that question, if it's so off from what you're actually doing to get paid as a speaker, you might need to check yourself, right? You might need to really do some self-inventory on why? Like, why am I doing that? Because when it lights you up, your that energy is being shared and it's, it's amazing what you start getting paid. And I think you could speak to that. I mean, we don't have to get into all those specifics in terms of like revenues and stuff like that. But I think when you niched, not only did you land the perfect deal, I'm talking about the Vegas deal, but you came back, you were like, I don't know, you're on like level 20. You were like, Oh my God, if I could say it like you, Oh my God. <laughs> Exactly. That, that is my accent. Like, I, I didn't know I sounded, oh my God, do I sound like Mr. Bean? You made me sound like Mr. Bean there. <laughs> Just when you're on 15. No, yeah, but seriously, yeah. like you, you like landed this event in Vegas and it was exciting. It was great, great money, all the things, but yeah. like hearing you post event, uh. I was like, wow. Like I want to know everything about this because it was obviously ideal. Well, you know what? It was more than anything, Mary Alice, is that 99% of my client base is United States. But and from uh, up until November 2021, legally, I couldn't get into the United States. Oh. So, yeah. So when I was booked for this gig in Feb, I was so excited to sit on a plane. Yeah. And actually just go somewhere and mm. not just rock up in my you know, home studio and deliver a keynote. So more, more than anything, it was the in-person energy, which I love, man. I yeah. Love. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. But even, even, well, that gig, I think for you was like in a way, a debut post pandemic, right. In a sense, 
but you also had this newfound, all these newfound protocols. You learned a ton of stuff from Eric. Um, and I know, you know, he made an impact on, on your business in that way, but like you also inputted some strategies there that really made that whole experience from, from the moment you had the conversation with the event planner to the end, so positive. And I I think, you know, a couple of things, I think, because you're very intentional about what you do. I think, um, you were in your niche, you were in your zone of genius and your follow through is just like impeccable with, with, you know, whoever you're in contact with. So for someone who's like, just feeling like, I don't know, every give every gig I get, it's just like, eh, it's okay. You know, what, what advice would you have for them to really up level in that area? So this is going to sound maybe contrarian to what people have heard before, but stay with me, stay with me. And it's the idea that this old school idea in my perspective of you show up for a keynote and you get paid a fee and then that's it. You can still do that. That is one style of doing things, but I like to think about the lifetime value of a client an LTV. And I have a specific framework, which I embed into organizations and sales teams. Now I call it the story selling framework, right? S stands for simplify storytelling fundamentals that is when i go in and do a keynote do a presentation a talk a couple of workshops to help their team really understand what storytelling is now they could say rav that's cool that's phase one i'm done that's great cool Mm -hmm. i'll price that accordingly but instead of just leaving now and looking for the next gig well phase two and three which is t tactically embed um stories into your sales process o obtain delivery mastery of sharing those stories r ramp penetrate results y yield long-term tangible uh sales metrics that's phase two and three so now what you're doing is instead of just thinking about it like a one and done you're embedding yourself into that organization to create real impact and long-lasting change because i don't care what anyone says I've never gone to a 30 minute keynote and gone, oh my God, that solved a million dollar problem personally. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It solved a micro problem. It shifted my perspective and it was impactful. It inspired me and it contributed to helping me solve that million dollar problem. But it is the more touches and longer lasting touch points through workshops and embedding yourself into that client, which can really help you not just be a road warrior and constantly looking for the next gig, but thinking about yourself like a, think about yourself like a consultant, you know, think about yourself as your expertise is you've worked so hard for your expertise. There's going to be companies out there that don't want to just see you leave. They want to embed your learnings into the organization in an impactful way. So maybe harsh to say that I've never listened to a keynote, which is 30 minutes. hasn't solved a big problem for me. I have. All right. But I suppose to go in action that companies might get overwhelmed doing it by themselves. They're going to need you to do it. So why not offer that if you can? I love everything about that because I think it also diminishes the power of your keynote, right? We often talk about the keynote as like a snorkel, like a snorkeler. They're just like, that just skims the surface. But like, what are all the ways that you could actually take that company and scuba dive or that audience and scuba dive with them and really get into the trenches with them? And if you don't kill the keynote, right? And if you're not easy to work with and and you're not professional, um, not that you're assuming that people aren't, I'm not saying that, but if you're not all those things that 
people walk away going, oh, we want to keep working with that speaker. We, we need that. We need more from that speaker. Um, and your keynote should leave them that way. Your keynote should leave them in a way where they're like, wow, what else does that person know? You exactly. know? And, uh, I think you do that from the, the, the first conversation with an event planner and then through the proposal phase, through, through the whole contract phase, the easier you are, the more professional you are, the more they're going to along the whole course of this whole relationship say, what, what else does Ravi have to offer? You know, what else can he do to impact our company? And I love that you think that way, because it's, it's really important that, um, you know, for the speaker's business, uh, that they are easy to work with, but they are thinking about that lifetime value, you know, to be able, we have a lot of speakers and I know you could speak for this yourself. Like they'll leave an event and the event planner would say, Hey, what are you doing this time next year? We want you back for the, for X, Y, Z conference. I mean, that's a no brainer. Talk about, you know, maximizing time. And that's what we want to do. So I think, I think you do a great job with that, by the way, building, well, you're a connector. So that helps, <laughs> you know, how to build those relationships. Thank you. I received that compliment. I, I I'm saying this more and more because I've notoriously yeah. been bad with compliments. Now I say, I received that compliment with open arms, but I tell you what, I love well, it. and I want to give you, give the audience some context here is that my decision maker is a VP of sales or enablement sales director, somebody who wants me to come and speak to their team, somebody else, it could be an event planner, but with every coaching program that I've launched or anything, it's like, what is your unique method? What is your proprietary process? Because nobody, no other speaker can compete against two things, your story and your unique method to solve mm -hmm. a problem. So yeah, it's like, yeah. what is your unique method? And that unique method could be the journey that you go on with a company when they hire you to come in and talk to their team. Um, yeah. Yeah. So something to think about, but yeah. I yeah, no, I like that. I, I agree with that a hundred percent. So let me ask you, like when you, when you get on stage and you're speaking and you see, you know, those aha moments happening in the audience, you know, is there, is there any better feeling when you're, when you're in the experience with your audience and you sit there going, I did this, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually doing this. Talk yeah. about that a little bit. It's just like, I remember when I was, I can't, I think this is the first time I've ever shared this on a podcast. It's not a huge, I'm not about to share something dark. <laughs> Don't worry. Do I have to get a tissue? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You can cut this. No, but I can't remember when it was. Maybe it was early twenties. And I remember I was just entering the gym and I was talking to my friend and I was like, man, my best buddy. And I was like, man, I just don't know if this whole career in finance is right for me, dude. And he's like, well, what would you do? And I was like, man, I just feel like there's something out there where I could use like me as the product and just like help people and make money from it. And I was like, he was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah. And then that was that. I just really remember this conversation and word for word, I don't know if that's how it went, but it's just, I just feel like, you're always getting these signals in life as to what you're being called to do. And I chose to shut it off for some time, even though like people would ask me like, oh man, you really love like coaching and help people in one-to-ones or let Rav go do the presentation. It was always signaling that way, but yeah. it, I had to learn certain experiences in life 
before I was ready to take on the journey that I specifically am. And I feel like, how does it feel? It's just sometimes I'm not grateful enough, if I'm honest. Sometimes I have to sit back and be like, I actually dreamt, once upon a time, I dreamt of what I'm doing now. So soak it in because otherwise you're always going to be chasing the next thing, which I think as a society, it's another conversation that we're all guilty of, but there's moments where I go, man, just remember that you're actually doing what you love and what you actually once dreamt of however many years ago. So yeah, gotta be grateful for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're grateful, but I think you're also human. So don't be too hard on yourself. Yeah. True. Well, I I think, I think, you know, it's interesting how this journey has unfolded for you. And and we've talked about how you've given yourself permission and you've stepped into the next thing, how you're a connector. So should we share with the audience what the next thing is for you, Mr. Robbie Rajani? Guys, I've got a Vegas residency with Adele. Is you know, no, no, I'm joking. Oh, I'm like, wait, yes. what? Yeah, I thought yeah, you no, said no. with Adele. Adele, no, no. Can you imagine? She's the only Brit that I thought people would connect with. But uh, yeah, let's let's share it with the man. Let's um, yeah, let's rip off the bandaid, as you would it's say. It's really exciting. Well, as as most of you know who listen to the podcast, we have a cohort style of learning in the Speaker Lab. We have the virtual VIP cohort and our fabulous Eric Ream has been spearheading it for over a year now. Uh, probably at this point over, we're, we might be near 500 students that have, or maybe over 500 students who have gone through it. Um, Ravi, you were one of our students in uh, cohort number eight. That doesn't mean anything. You were just in one of the cohorts. <laughs> and um, and I know that it really impacted you and, and being mentored by Eric uh, and Gregory was powerful to your business and to you. Before I make the announcement though, I, I it was interesting during that cohort. I remember Ravi reaching out to me and saying, hey, should I do in my British accent? Go for it. I'll judge it out. I'm going to judge you like Simon Cowell. So yeah, you can hey, do it. But... What do you think about <laughs> me doing a prospecting call each week? <laughs> it's quite good actually i'll give you that i'll give you that I'll i was like that. oh my gosh i think that's a very generous fabulous idea and so ravi um reached out to his cohort members and he was like hey guys let's meet once a week every other week and just prospect for an hour like commit to that hour to prospecting and i just thought like wow like that is standout you know that's like unbelievable And um, to this day, I have people in that cohort that talk to me about that, you know, because it's that connection and it's that impact and and that's what you do. And that's important to us. So without any further ado, we cannot fulfill capacity. I mean, we are fulfilling capacity, but we are over capacity for our virtual VIP cohorts. And we've been talking for the last couple of months about we need an additional facilitator like soon. And without any hesitation, I said, I got one. (laughs) And they were like, you do? I'm like, yes, I do. And I said, Ravi Rajani, he would be amazing. And then one day, Eric and I were on Voxer just kind of talking back and forth about something else. And he's like, you know, we're really filling these up. I forget exactly how the conversation went. And he's like, you know, there's definitely, there's definitely a couple of people. He also mentioned your name. So I'm like, hello. And so, um, Last week, two weeks ago, we sealed the deal and Ravi is going to be facilitating our virtual VIP. And I think 
Uh, it's an amazing opportunity for Robbie, for our students, for the speaker lab to be able to offer more um, virtual VIP cohorts because it's one of our um, one of our most loved uh, offerings. Like people are really hungry for it because it offers so much. So you get the elite, all the elite content, and you get this virtual education deep dives with Robbie. And so we are. So excited to have you on board as one of our virtual cohort facilitators. Well, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, bringing everything that I'm doing in the trenches daily with my own business and bringing it to students to help them collapse time like we spoke about at the beginning. And by the way, you mentioned Gregory. Ladies and gents, if you're listening to this right now and you secretly feel like your virtual setup is village is what we say here in the UK, but amateur, honestly, this call, this one session with Gregory, I would say if I'd only had that session alone, that was worth the investment because honestly, if you want to be a premium speaker, your the way you show up has to be congruent with what you charge your energy and all that good stuff. And I had a light in us and like a podcast mic and it was okay. I mean, mm-hmm. it was it was better than a lot of people, but it still wasn't great. Yeah. Now I get asked questions. Hey, who did this? And I've introduced so many people to Gregory because people want to know where it's at. So, hey, you know, starting in the middle of a pandemic where everything was virtual was secretly a blessing in disguise. Yeah. And I think you're a great example of like a lot of people had that mindset. It's like, oh, it's virtual. I have to you know, go from 7,500 to 2000. And I think you did the opposite. You're like, no, I ramped things up. I'm charging more money for my virtual experiences. So, you know, there's that confidence there of like, no, I'm going to charge premium prices because I am a premium speaker. I've invested in myself. And so I think the virtual really brings that home for people uh, mindset wise in terms of what they're worth. I think you experienced that. Yeah. Awesome. No doubt. Um, yeah. So do you want to give us a little bit behind the scenes of what a student can expect being coached by you and, and mentored by you? And I, I mean, listen, you're walking the walk for yeah. sure. I, I could vouch for that. Like I, I had the pleasure of coaching you through yep. your experience with the speaker lab, which was such no a doubt. pleasure. You definitely walk the walk and you're very intentional. So just what can I expect? If I sign up to the Robbie Rajani cohort, what is it going to be like? Well, you're going to, you're going to experience an experience like no other. No, it sounds like a movie, right? Um, No, listen, for me, I'm very, very conscious about the fact that when somebody's investing in themselves, they want, they're not investing in a, imagine if you asked a friend, Hey, what you think about Maya speaking and consulting and coaching business? What do you think? They're going to give you advice and whatnot. Are they a couple of sets ahead of you? Have they done what you want to do? And do they have a method to really solve your problem? No. And often you can get let down wrong paths from people who love you, mm-hmm. but sometimes may not have the compassion to tell you the truth. Or also the compassion to say, you're, you're dope, man. Like you should be charging 10x more. So I think what you should expect in short is a compassionate experience yet also one which is focused on making you better which is also going to help you me or i suppose me going to help you highlight those blind spots mm-hmm. help you fill those gaps and elevate you not just as a speaker but as a human being because mm-hmm. the truth is is the better you end up leveling up personally 
you'll show up better on sales calls, you'll show up better on the stage. So provide a holistic experience and give you the energy to go out there and bet on yourself. Because I tell you now, people are talking about a recession, people are talking about all these different things, nothing in life is secure. So if you worry about like starting a business and it not feeling secure, nothing in life is secure. So betting on yourself is one of the best investments I believe you can make, man. Yeah, no, love that. I'm like a proud mama right now. I love, I love what you just said. I think it's really so important. You know, we, mm-hmm. Grant always says it too, right? It's more important of who you are than what you do. And so um, I love the fact that, you know, as a, as a mentor and a facilitator, yes, you have to teach the content. Yes. You have to hold the space so that they could become better in this area, but also better them as human beings. And that's, what's so special about you. That's why your mom named you after the son. The son. Because the sun, you, man. The sun. I need to check that. Actually, I actually need to double check that because otherwise you're gonna have to edit it if it means something like a hole or something like. That. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it's the sun. So I mean, I think I trust that, your mom. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I hope I, so. But there, there is one thing I want to add to that, Mary. Is like I said, you know, quit banking in 2016. Went on this journey of a portfolio career and launched my business in 2020. Like I'm 18 months in right now as a full time entrepreneur yeah. launching. Uh, this company from scratch and it's just it's going to be exciting working with people who you know I suppose as a facilitator you can see yourself in other people's journeys and you can see like oh man I remember when I made this mistake don't do that <laughs> don't right. do that right totally and also as um as somebody who's joining it wherever you are right whether you've been speaking for 18 years you've been on stages like me when I was a kid in dance school whatever the one thing I would say is there's being a speaker and then there's the bit, the well, there's speaking and then there's the business of speaking. Mm-hmm. Two very, very different things, right? And often you spend more time marketing yourself, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then you're like, oh man, I got fulfilled. Like I've actually got fulfilled now. So um, that balance and those nuances and having a community of people around you who are ready to push you, man, is nothing better. Yeah, no, it's so true. And I, I think, you know, all of that and what you bring in terms of, and you said this about Eric, you know, like being a practitioner and a teacher, you're in it, you're doing it with them, you know? And yeah, you are, you're you're like not even two years fully in and you're, you're, you've had great success. And now to be able to pass that on to somebody else, you know, knowing that you're in it too, is it's powerful. It's really powerful. No doubt. And I appreciate that. Once again, I welcome that compliment with open arms. I'll keep saying that. So uh, <laughs> the cool thing is, is what I remember when I heard Eric was like ex-military and, you know, like he had this approach, like no nonsense. I was like, yeah, I like that. And the cool thing here is Eric and I are doing different cohorts and we will both appeal to different people in different ways to our experiences. And I think that's the cool thing. Hopefully there's something for everyone. Yeah, no, for sure. There is no doubt. No doubt. Well, it's been awesome. I, I really appreciate you uh, always sharing your your time, your story, your experience. And uh, and I am so excited to continue to work with you on the other side of the Speaker Lab. Really excited about that for our students and, and just to be able to continue to work with you because I think you're, you're awesome. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. I'll see you on the other side then. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much. Great. All right. There you have it. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. 
Now, I want you to know that we do this podcast simply because we want to serve and support speakers like you. We don't charge anything for you to listen, but in return, we do have one small favor to ask. Would you be willing to subscribe to the podcast where you're listening right now? Hit that subscribe button. Also, leave us a rating and review within iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to these podcasts. We read every single one of them, and they also help other people to find the show. Also, if you are looking to take the next step in growing your speaking business, be sure and check out thespeakerlab.com. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com. We've got a ton of free resources and tools there, and you can also learn more about the programs that we offer, which include one-on-one coaching. Our mission here is to help you find the confidence, clarity, and clear path that you need to own your speaking success. So again, check us out over at thespeakerlab.com. As always, we appreciate you hanging out with us, and we'll catch you next time. You're awesome.